Hello, beautiful alchemist. Welcome to Reiki Radio. I am your host, Yolanda, and today is May 1st, 2023. And before we get into this week's episode, I just want to remind you that I do record an energy of the month update every single month. And so you can access this for free every month. If you go and download my app, The Energetic Alchemist, you can do it in the Apple App Store. Or if you have an Android, go to Google Play, just type in The Energetic Alchemist and you can download the app. Now, once you create um, a login for the app, you just use your email address. There is a section of free content and there you will see the energy of the month and the May energy of the month is up and ready for you. I recommend downloading that today because there is a lot going on for us collectively in May that is very transformative and also going to stir our curiosity and encourage us to work through any personal fears and really start to um, come deeper into this state of self-empowerment. So the May energy of the month is up for you now. You can also go to my website, theenergeticalchemist.com, sign up for the newsletter, also free, and you will get access to creating with the moon and stars. And that is a free gift to you. And the energy of the month of the videos are there as well. However, you also have um, some information about the different moon phases and the different eclipse energy and setting intentions. There's just a lot there for you. Plus, you get access to 22 Days of Transformation, which is a whole separate free offer. And that is a 22-day guided journey to support you in becoming more self-aware, more of an observer, which is very foundational in all of this work of energetic alchemy. So be sure to sign up for the newsletter, access all of those goodies for yourself, and get the app because there's even more free content there. Plus, on Tuesdays, you can join me live to discuss anything about your path or any episodes here on Reiki Radio. So the link to join the Reiki Radio Roundtables is also available on the app. There's so much for you there. So aside from that, beautiful lovebirds, again, happy May. We have a beautiful conversation, a beautiful episode for you today. I had a conversation with a woman named Hope Pedraza. And Hope is going to talk to us about human design and wellness but there was so much more to this conversation. She is also a functional practitioner, which was very interesting to learn about. Now, if you've been listening to the podcast for a while, of course, you know that we had a conversation maybe a year or two ago, perhaps during COVID about human design. And that was a fabulous episode helping us to learn more about this particular um, technique, this particular method that helps us to understand our natural tendencies energetically and what our, um, uh, I guess our gifts may be. But in this conversation, we do talk about it again, but hope really blends this in, not just from a coaching lens, but really tying it into your overall wellness profile. So you will learn some more about human design today. But again, there is so much to her story. I mean, we talk about chakras, we talk about 
how she started off with nutrition coaching. And here's the thing, Hope had a studio that she started initially, and she wanted to create a space and her studio is called Imbalance, but she wanted to create a space for women um, to find everything they were looking for in one convenient space. And so there was, you know, the physical movement aspect. And then she realized she wanted to also help uh, with other layers of wellness and healing. So she started focusing on nutrition. But then even with basic nutrition, she felt that that wasn't enough to support the women that she was working with, because they were dealing with other issues like, um, you know, different hormonal imbalances, gut issues, thyroid issues, so many things that were preventing people from feeling in their total wellness. So she also became um, a functional practitioner, which she will explain more about, you will learn more about. She has a beautiful story, and I'm sure you will enjoy it. But if you want to learn more about Hope and her work, be sure to visit her website, hopefulandwholesome.com. The link to her website, of course, is down in the show description. So I hope that you enjoy this conversation as always. And beautiful alchemist, I will see you on the other side. Hello, everyone. Okay, welcome to Reiki Radio. Today, we're speaking with the lovely Hope Pedraza of Hopeful and Wholesome. Hope, uh, before when you and I got to speak a few weeks ago, I was really looking forward to learning even more about human design and the way that you work with this. But after digging into your work, I'm really excited for this entire conversation. So thank you for coming on the podcast today. Of course. Thanks so much for having me. I love this conversation. So I'm excited to chat with you about it. Yeah. Well, the thing is, I want to say, you know, human design has become really popular. Um, And I think maybe a year or two ago, we did have someone speak about, you know, the basics of human design on the podcast. But looking at your work and how you really blend it with this it's as a component of our overall wellness Mm -hmm. blueprint Mm -hmm. um I was really curious about what inspired this but want to go through the different elements of your work for everyone to really understand even how we're looking at ourselves right Mm -hmm. so Mm -hmm. yeah I just want to start with what brought you even into human design So I found human design a few years ago. Um, I was working with kind of a spiritual business coach and it was like a, she wasn't a human design expert by any means, but she had just kind of a little piece of it in her program. And it was just enough for me to like, whet my appetite where I was like, okay, I got to learn more about this. Like, this is so fascinating. And so I just kind of went down the rabbit hole, which is not hard to do with human design. Like you can go down all the rabbit holes and get in the weeds real fast. But I, when I, I, and I'm connecting with with a gal on Facebook who is this human design expert. And she's, I mean, she's like, I don't know. She's such an old soul. Like she's like an oracle. Like she just knows so much. She's just so wise and she knows so much about human design. And so I somehow connected with her um, since sort of divine connection. I don't even remember how it happened. But I, so I did a couple of sessions with her and then I've done a handful of programs and stuff with her just to dive deeper into it. But when I, when I did a, my first session with her where she like really dove deep into my human design it was like 
one of the most profound experiences, which sounds so dramatic, but it, it, and if you've ever like dove into human design, anyone listening, you know what I'm talking about, because I felt like as cheesy as it sounds, I felt like I was meeting myself for the first time, but then also meeting an old friend where it's Mm -hmm. like, I knew these pieces about me, but I'd either shoved them down or tried to hide them or try to change them or whatever. But these pieces that she was like revealing, it's like, I know that, like, I know that's me. And I know those are pieces of me. And it it is just so wild, like listening to how accurate it was and, and really like this sense of like validation and just like giving yourself permission because all these things where I'm like, Oh, I've tried to like not do this. And I try to not do this. So I'm like, wait, this is how it was designed. Like this is me. And so it's just, it was just the permission I think I needed at the time to, to really, and really, I think that kind of kickstart, I'd kind of been on a little bit of a like self-discovery spiritual journey, but I think that really like propelled me even deeper into it because I'm like, okay, I can love and accept myself in a whole new way. And I want to learn more about that. Yeah. I think that's an important component because I mean, ultimately everything that we practice, it's going to point us back to ourselves. Right. And so like recognizing that in a very clarified way um, to be able to accept different aspects of ourselves, I think it's so liberating in this work because then you're not just like running aimlessly in circles, wondering what it is you're supposed to be realizing or recognizing. But I have to ask you this because I'm more familiar with astrology and Mm -hmm. in the way you describe that, that's, you know, I loved it. I was like, Ooh, I'm learning about myself. And a lot of people who aren't as familiar with human design, like me, Mm -hmm. like I hear it and I'm like, but what does it tell me about myself? Right. So could you break down for us if I came to you for human design session? What is it? Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. What's it going to tell me about myself? So to kind of, as a refresher, I know you had kind of, you had someone explain the basics, but as a refresher for everybody listening, human design is basically a compilation of these kind of ancient wisdoms, right? These ancient teachings of like astrology and the I Ching and the Kabbalah tree of life and the chakra system. And then it puts it together with these more kind of modern day sciences like quantum physics and quantum mechanics and neuroscience. And it puts it all together in this graph. And it is, it's your soul's energetic blueprint, like who you are designed to be and who you're, how you're designed to live out your soul's journey on the planet. And so for me, I, as a functional practitioner, I'm, I'm helping people with their physical health, but I'm also a holistic practitioner. And I want to be able to approach the body in a holistic way and holistic, just meaning the whole body, right? We're looking at physical, spiritual, mental, emotional pieces, like all of it. And so for me, the human design piece is that like spiritual, emotional piece. And the, and the way I see it, and I, I have the whole story explaining kind of like my come to human design story and about this, because the way I see it, when you're looking at, at wellness through the lens of human design, I really feel, and, and I witnessed this in my clients, that so much of the root cause of chronic disease is us just spending so much energy being something or someone that we're not. Right. Like you were saying, like everything points us to who we are, but we, so we resist that so often. Right. And it's when we resist that and when we are working against how we're designed that, that our physical body starts to show the signs of it. Right? We, right. Our immune system starts to shut down. We start to feel burnout, like our body, our physical body starts to show that. And so with human design, it's under, understanding how you are at an energetic level, who you are at an energetic level in understanding 
all these aspects of you that allow you to move with more ease and flow through your life. And for me, it also helps to move with more ease and flow through, you know, the protocol that we're doing, because we can use that to really curate the experience based on their design and how, you know, they best make decisions and interact with people around them and their relationships, how they best process emotions and where their emotions could be stuck or stagnant. Right. And so we can kind of correlate all these pieces. And so that, that's what I want my clients to know with the human design piece. It's understanding themselves and we can really start to like peel back layers and untangle like the physical pieces and then correlate that to the energetic body. It's so interesting because it always, that reminds me of how a lot of us are, you know, like we're raised and conditioned based on, you know, the societies, the cultures that we're born into, but also our parents tend to try to raise us, I guess, based on their design. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of times that also doesn't give us this opportunity to understand what our natural functionality is. So it's, it's always fascinating to me that for many of us, it's like, we don't really get to know who we are until we're an adult. And then that's a lot to, that's a lot. (laughs) That's (laughs) a a lot. lot. It does (laughs) cause a significant shift for us. So I know within human design, um, there are different types. Mm -hmm. And again, if for anyone listening there, this is their first time. And even for myself, because I really still I'm like, I don't know what it is. Mm -hmm. Uh, What are the different categories or types? Um, that are revealed about Mm -hmm. our energy within the system. Mm -hmm. So there's five main types and that's kind of like, so when I'm, when I'm, you know, doing a session with my clients, I kind of give, you know, kind of the high level birds eye view, because again, you can get into the weeds real fast and it can be a lot of overwhelming information. So just give them like the most important pieces for the the purpose of our time together. And if they want to dive deeper, we can dive deeper. But there's five main types, and this is kind of where we start looking at the types because just just based on your type, you can understand a little bit better how how you process energy, how you use energy, your sleep, exercise, diet, like those kind of big wellness pieces. Mm-hmm. So you have manifestors, there's generators, manifesting generators, projectors, and um, reflectors. And do you want to kind of go through each? Sure. And kind of give yeah. Yeah. So I'll start with with manifestors. So manifestors are, um, they're, they're the visionaries, right? They're, they're the independent visionaries that have the vision, whereas manifestors have the vision generators are here to like do the thing, to bring out the vision, to, to, okay. to bring it forward. So manifestors have the vision and their energetic needs are really unique because they don't have, um, the way that their centers and their energy centers, which correlate to the shockers. So you are familiar with that. The way that their centers are defined is they they don't have consistent energy in their motor centers that, that that drives them to keep going. And so manifestors, I find a lot of times there's a lot of conditioning around that piece, especially if they're around generators or manifesting generators. They they can have this conditioning piece that, that they have to keep going and they have to keep doing, but they're really not designed. They're actually designed to work kind of in phases. Okay. And so there's with anything, you know, there's a big intuitive piece and in understanding how your body works and listening to your body with manifestors. It's really important because their caloric needs and their like movement exercise needs are going to change based on kind of what phase they're in, right? If they're in this kind of action phase where their, their vision is like coming forward and I'm, I'm doing things then, you know, more, more calories, they need more energy, mm-hmm. maybe more high intensity exercise, but then they also have these kind of transition and resting phases where that has to totally shift to kind of like help them recover and they need more sleep, need more rest. Um, so really honoring kind of these 
energetic waves that kind of come through when they're working in these phases. Um, and the next is generators. <clears throat> so generators are, are the doers, right? So as opposed to the manifestor, they have more consistent energy to do the things. And you're, you're a generator. Is that right? Yes. You're yes. Looking at your chart. Um, so generators are here to, they're really magnetic and they have, they have these magnetic ores because they're, they're here to do what lights them up and what, what brings them joy and satisfaction. That's like their signature feeling is satisfaction. It brings them joy in the moment and they have the energy to do it. And so for generators, it generators and manifesting generators, both, I, I equate it to like a puppy. Like you let the puppy go out in the backyard <laughs> and like, let it get all its energy out. So it can come inside and sleep and not tear up the house that yeah. we're, we're designed. I'm a manifesting generator. So I'm similar to you. We're designed to do that too. Like at the end of the day, I tell my generators, like you should feel like, Oh, like I did it all. Like I yeah. go till exhaustion. Like I got all the physical energy out. I got all the, the mental energy out. And for those that are having trouble falling asleep, that's a, a good indication that maybe you didn't get all the energy out. Maybe you, you didn't move yourself physically enough. Maybe you needed to do like a brain dump at the end of the day, like get all the mental dunk out. Right. So yes. going till exhaustion is really helpful for generators and supportive for their energy and sleep is what recharges the battery. And then the next morning they're, they're ready to go again. Um, and then because they're designed to do what, what brings them joy and satisfaction and, and lights them up and all that it, it's, it's every aspect of life. So exercise and, and food and all of that, like not doing something because I think they need to be doing or should be doing. And, and I, I talk about exercise this part a lot with my generators because they feel like, well, I should be doing, I don't know, fill in the blank because that's what so-and-so did. And they lost all this weight or they look this way, they did that. But if you don't like it, that that's the recipe for injury, first of all, yeah. because your body's like, I don't want to do this. And so doing what lights you up and when it doesn't light you up anymore, then find something else to do. Um, and manifesting generators are kind of a combination of those first two that I just talked about. They're really more generators than they are manifestors, but they're uh, characteristics of both. And similar to generators, they have the energy. And what's unique about manifesting generators are they are they are the creative whirlwinds that they're here to do all of it. They're multitaskers. They're multi-passionate. They're multifaceted. That was a piece for me that I really had to like decondition because I, I like to do a lot. Like you were saying, like you could look at my website. I like to do a lot of things. I like to dabble in a lot of things. And for so long, I just felt like, tell myself like, God, just pick something, like just pick something and do it and stick with it. I just couldn't make myself do it. And then after learning this, I'm like, Oh my gosh, it makes so much sense. But we are here to do like generators, what lights us up. And another conditioning piece, which I think could apply to generators as well, is society, we talk about societal conditioning, can see us as, as flaky or indecisive mm -hmm. because we kind of bounce from thing to thing. But it's because once it's no longer fun and exciting and bringing us joins that we don't want to do it anymore. Right. So you delegate or you pass it on or you, you drop it and go do something else that like that that's no longer for you anymore. Right. So there's some conditioning around that with, with manifesting generators too we don't do well being put in a box. So like restrictive diets and restrictive, like exercise routines, like it, it, it doesn't fit fare well for us. So allowing yourself to do things in phases, right? You, you have a, a yoga phase and maybe you have a, a boxing phase, then you maybe have a cycling phase, but doing what lights you up, doing what's fun for you in the moment when it's not fun anymore, go on to the next thing. Um, sleep too, same as generators, going till exhaustion, making sure you get the physical and the, the mental energy out before you hit the, the pillow at night and get all of that out. Um, and the next is projectors. P 
projectors are so unique. And I have this saw my son is a projector and I just, they're such unique humans. Like I just, I just love them. And I've worked, I've had a couple of clients right now. I only have a couple that are projectors, but they're just so unique. And they are kind of the analytical, really perceptive problem solvers. And so they see things and they see the world in a really unique way. And it's so evident with my son. My son's only four, but it's like, I, it just, it's just so evident. It's just, it's, it's really cool. And they have these, they have, they're, they're really sensitive, emotional beings. And so their energetic needs are also very sensitive, similar to manifestors, but a little bit different in the, in the sense that they're, they're really, they do best when they just work in spurts. And so like, I've had projectors before where they're like, telling me like feeling bad, like apologizing is like, oh, I just feel like I need to take a nap in the middle of the day. And I'm like, then take a nap in the middle of the day. <laughs> like you need more sleep. You need more rest. You, that's how projectors recharge their their battery is good. They really do require more sleep than other types. And they also kind of the similar thing with food, like eating, just kind of eating little portions throughout the day, like, like grazers and snackers, like they're good rather than sitting and eating big portions that can make them feel kind of tired and weighed down and heavy and kind of, kind of slow down their energy. So kind of eating frequently and small meals throughout the day. Um, and taking time at the end of the day, to really disconnect and kind of discharge from the day, let go of, you know, whatever energy you've taken on throughout the day and like honoring your emotions, your emotional ways. Like I know for my son, and, and I will say this, cause you mentioned this about how we kind of take on like our parents kind of put, like they kind of raise us according to their type most of the time. Right. right? If you have the ability and there's some great people you can find on Instagram who only do, or like specifically do human design for kids if you have kids and you're listening to this, like it will change how you raise your kids, how you respond to your kids, how you interact with your kids. Like it'll change everything when you actually wow. understand why, like my son is a projector, like he really does require, like he needs one-on-one -on -one time, like face-to-face one-on-one time. And for, you know, until I did his, I was like, God, this kid's so needy. Like, I don't want to play <laughs> with you right now. Like, why do you keep asking me that? Like, go on. <laughs> and because my daughter is not like that. She's just like, you know, doing her own thing. And I'm like, oh, this makes so much sense. Like they, it's, it's that, that, that connection that they need and that they're, they're emotionally just, they require different, emo they have different emotional needs. Yeah. Um, and, and I kind of helped work with my projectors in that and helping them understand um, like their emotional center and that piece, but those are projectors. And then the last one is reflectors. Reflectors are the most unique. Only 1% of the population are reflectors. And so if you look at your chart, and I'm sure the gal you had on before kind of probably explained this, but you have, you have the different energy centers, right? Some of them are colored in and some of them are white. And the ones that are colored in are the defined centers. So this means that your energy is more, more consistent here, right? We're more firm in our, you know, thoughts, beliefs, feelings, and all of that in these particular centers, the open centers that aren't colored in on your chart are it's the energy. There's more fluid, right? There's more shifting and changing and it allows for more, um, more outside conditioning in, which isn't a bad thing. Like, and, and I'll say that too, for your, like, there's no good or bad in your chart. It just is. So having open and defined centers, it's not good or bad. It just is. And it's just you kind of navigating what that means for you and your energy and how you're taking things in. So with reflectors, What's unique about them is every energy center on their chart is open. So they have these really open auras. And so they're really sensitive to other people's energy. They reflect the energy back to other people, hence the name reflector. And they have this 
really unique way to connect with other people and connect with other people's energy. And because they have these big open auras, they are really sensitive to the energy around them. And so for reflectors, really important for you to have kind of a sacred space that like you need alone time, you need time to be with yourself and to kind of, because when you have those open centers, a, lo a lot of kind of processing things is it's pro you processing what's mine and what's somebody else's, right? Like right. what's my beliefs or emotions or whatever. And what, what, what have I taken on from somebody else? So alone time, time in nature, like journaling, all of those things are so supportive for reflectors. Um, and then allowing your intuition to really drive how you, cause your energy isn't going to just change like in phases, like a manifestor, it's going to change like moment to moment throughout the day, depending mm. on who you're around. And so really being able to honor that piece and honor that your energy is going to change from moment to moment. And that is going to drive your decisions on how you eat, how you move your body, how you take care of yourself, when you need to step away and be alone and reconnect with yourself, your environment, all of that's going to be really important. And then similar to the projector, like taking time at the end of the day, and that you might need a little more time as a reflector to really disconnect, discharge from the day, disconnect from other people's energy and really like tune back in to you and to your own energy in that way. It's really interesting, Hope, um, <laughs> listening to you because I'm thinking of how, I guess, like freeing and liberating that can be for people understanding their design and just those, I know that you would go much deeper with right. someone on it, mm -hmm. you know, in their individual reading, but even the little things that you shared, I'm like, wow, I'm, that would make such a difference to embrace mm -hmm. because even I tried not to laugh when you were talking about generators, like work until you're exhausted. Mm -hmm. And then, cause that's what I do. Yes. And everyone around me is kind of like, how do you do all the things that you do? Uh -huh. And like, almost like it's an odd thing. Exactly. And me, I'm like, I can't not do the yes. things. Like I, yes. I have to keep have going to. Mm -hmm. until I can't. Yes. Keep I can't. Yeah. 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 I, that's completely how I function. So I was like, mm -hmm. Oh God, that's that. that that's part of my human design. <laughs> it, is, it is. It's by design. Yeah, it's by design. So one of the things you said, too, I was curious because you did mention chakras and a lot of people who listen, we, well, chakras in the, of themselves are interesting because I think we all have like different schools of thought and different yeah. ideas about sure. what they are and their functionality and all the things. But as it relates to human design, mm -hmm. is it because you, you mentioned something I think about maybe one of your chakras mm -hmm. does it highlight the chakra that we're personally like sourcing energy from like what what is it showing about our relationship to the chakra system so on on the human design chart and if you go and I didn't say this before but everybody get your body graph if you don't have one and I recommend that I told this to Yolanda too I always recommend going to myhumandesign.com I think she does the best job of making it simple to understand but if you look at your chart, all the shapes, all of those are your energy centers. And so how the chakra center integrate chakra centers integrate with that is there, like there's seven main chakras, right? But there's nine energy centers on your chart. So at, at some point, the, the guy who kind of channeled human design, it, it kind of broke off and it, a couple of them kind of split. And so, but the similarities are still there in terms of like the organs that are corresponding to those energy centers and kind of kind of some of the emotions and beliefs that are associated with those energy centers. So there, there is crossover there in that way. So when I'm looking at somebody's chart and, and I don't usually go through, I usually pick and choose like a handful of the energy, the ones that I feel are most important to talk about on their chart. Um, and some of the important ones, like the, 
the emotional, your solar plexus, for example, your emotional center. That one for me is a pretty important one to talk about with my clients, whether it's defined or not defined, whether it's open or not, whether it's because first of all, most of us were never taught how to process our emotions or deal with our emotions or like feel emotions you know, there's so much emotional intelligence that like you were saying, we don't learn things until we're adults. Like it's not, we're not taught that in schools, unfortunately, like how great would have been to learn emotional intelligence (laughs) in school, but we're not taught about that, that kind of stuff. And for the most part, and that center is interesting because our emotional center corresponds with our detox organs. And again, it's by design. Like it's not, it's, mm-hmm. it's not by accident. And I find it's, it's interesting because when, especially my clients sometimes will send me messages. I actually was just working with a client this week. Funny. We're talking about this. It just reminded me. And she was talking about different things that she was working through. And so I'm looking at her chart and kind of seeing like, okay. And recognizing some things that are coming up from this solar plexus center. And when we're, when we're not allowing ourselves to feel emotions, right? Like you do Reiki, like, you know, when there's things that are stuck, when things get stagnant, especially when talking about emotions in this particular center, because it corresponds with our detox organs, like you are literally holding in, your emotions are stored as chemicals in the body and you are literally holding in toxins. Like your detox organs can't function mm. optimally when you're holding on to those. And so yeah. I like to explain that, that particular center, just as an example, as you're talking about the chakras, um, just to allow people to be able to start to process things. And maybe we can kind of uncover things that may be stuck in that particular center. Um, but just hopefully that answers your question. I kind of went around the world there to get to that, but, but yeah, just yeah. as an example of how it connects yeah. with the chakra system. Yeah. No, no, it makes all the mm-hmm. sense in the world. And actually with what you just shared, <clears throat> I wanted to make sure to talk about this other aspect of your work as well, because while the human design aspect, I can see how it could help us on deeper levels of self-acceptance and understanding like our energetic blueprint and all of this, there's also, like you mentioned before, the impact on our bodies, Mm -hmm. the way the body responds to, whether it's our beliefs, our emotions, our our energetic blueprint, whatever it is, right? Mm -hmm. And you then, also um, have a lot of focus on the dysfunction or what's causing dysfunction in the body. And you mentioned a little bit ago being a functional practitioner. So Mm -hmm. I wanted to know if you could share with everyone a little bit of that side of your work. One, what is a functional practitioner, the different labs that you run, Mm -hmm. and not to put too much on you, but I'm so curious why you highlight the Mm -hmm. gut and Mm -hmm. thyroid. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So I, I'm a functional diagnostic nutrition practitioner. So basically that means I use functional labs to help get to the root cause of chronic symptoms, chronic issues. And so in my work, I'm doing, um, I I have a few like kind of foundational labs that I run on pretty much everybody. And then depending on the person, we might run additional labs if they've got like really complex things going on, or we run the labs and there's like, oh, there's still some holes and like questions I still have. So I do focus. So one of the the three main labs that I do, I run a GI map, which is a really deep in-depth look at the gut. I mean, so it's like everything that's going on in your gut, the paras- if there's parasites, pathogens, yeast, fungus, uh, all the different good, the bad, good bacteria, bad bacteria, everything going on in your gut. I do a Dutch test, which is a really comprehensive hormone test and it's a urine test. So it's going to measure a lot differently than like a blood panel you would get at your doctor. And then I do what's called an HTMA or a hair tissue and mineral analysis where they're literally sending in some of their hair. And 
This is an in-depth look at your mineral balance in the body. It looks at toxic elements. It looks at heavy metals, but as opposed to, again, getting a blood panel at the doctor, getting your minerals checked with the blood, when you're measuring through the tissue, which your hair is a tissue, you're looking, you're getting a more, a, a bigger picture of what's going on chronically. Cause really with any blood lab with ever period, no matter what you're measuring, it's really just like a blip in time. It's like, what's going on in my body? Like right now, which, you know, it can give okay information in the moment, but it really doesn't give, which is why I love functional labs. Functional labs are measuring things like hair and your stool and your, um, your urine, and there's like blood spot and there's saliva. Like there's all these other things because we want to get more of a big picture of what's going on and, and not like right now what's going on. So you, right. we get a better look at what's going on chronically in the body. And so when I, you know, we get all the labs and we kind of put all the, the, the data together and I can start to see patterns and connect dots and kind of figure out like where the dysfunction is going on in the body. And I do hone in on, so typically, and I mean, I've had women with, I mean, you name it, I've worked with like so many symptoms and a lot of times there's no diagnosis. Like they have all these random, like, you know, I call them mystery symptoms and they either they're going to the doctor and the doctor's like, Oh, all your labs look normal. Or like, Oh, you just, you, you know, you just learn to live with it or whatever. Like, you know, no answers. Or I do have clients who have, you know, one diagnosis or maybe multiple diagnoses, whether it's autoimmune, it's something related to the gut. Um, I have a lot of thyroid um, clients and something going on with their thyroid. And I like to, so when I'm working with my clients, I like to be able to tie like all the pieces together. Like I mentioned at the beginning, putting like the physical body, the mental body, emotional, all that, all that together. So we're looking at the physical body, like we're just talking about with the energy centers, like they're all correlated to a certain gland or some organs, right? I love to be able to correlate those together too, because there's always a connection there. Like my client, I'm thinking specifically the client I was working with earlier this week. And one of her big things, anxiety and gut issues is, is like two of her big complaint, biggest complaints, biggest issues. And she's sending me a message about like, she's been really hard on herself because she feels like if she can't do it perfectly, she just didn't do it at all. It's like this all or nothing mentality and always had this perfectionist, blah, blah, blah. And so I'm like, first of all, like, let's tie that back to the anxiety. Like, no wonder your gut's messed up. Obviously, the anxiety is going to cause gut stuff to happen. But then I'm looking at her human design chart, and I'm seeing she has her ego center, which is kind of a split from the heart center and the chakra system, is open, which basically means she doesn't have this consistent willpower, and it can make her feel like she has to prove herself. Uh, and so then we start going through this whole thing. So you see how we <laughs> connect us. So now yes. we've got physical pieces and then we can manage that. And now let's look at like this spiritual, emotional piece and like tie all these pieces together. So it's really like me as a functional practitioner, I, I just like to put all of it together so we can address all parts of the body. Not, we're not just looking at the physical or we're not just looking at the spiritual energetic piece, just like putting it all together. Oh, I love that. It, that's, I mean, it makes all the sense in the world, especially the way that you described it. And the reason I was asking too about the gut and the thyroid is just so people know, because you do have where people can work with you one-on-one, -on -one, but you also have um, where people can do self-study Yeah, and you have um, things that they can go through to understand more of their gut health or thyroid health and also the mineral balancing. And so I was so curious about it because those are the things I hear people complain about a lot. Mm -hmm. Like a lot of times people are complaining about their gut or- yeah. 
I hear a lot of women talk about their thyroid yeah, and right. going mm-hmm. through this whole journey of thyroid issues in this in these types of things. Mm-hmm. So even with the work that you've done, like have you is there a reason that you chose to highlight those? Is it because of how many people come into challenge yeah, around that? I think so. I think so. I think so. So my like kind of story to get here, I had a lot of gut issues growing up as a kid and I was in and out of different doctors and had, I mean, I had at least three colonoscopies before I was like, I don't know, wow. 13 or 14, like just all, you know, tubes stuck up and down and in and up and all the things trying to figure <laughs> out. And all at the end of the day for the, for the final doctor to be like, oh, you have IBS, which is like, oh, we don't know. Your stomach's messed up. Like, you know, they don't give you any help or anything. They don't tell you what to do about it. And so that was kind of my journey. And, and I just, it, it actually, this is part of my human design is like going down rabbit holes and things, but going down the rabbit hole of trying to basically figure out what was wrong with me yeah. and just kind of educating myself and all that. So that was kind of my journey was, was the, the gut part. And so I knew I wanted to highlight that. And, and, and two, I do think it, it's, part, it's partly that, but then I do think it's partly just because that's what I see most often, the thyroid in the gut, like regardless of any other symptoms, whether they're coming to me with autoimmune diagnosis or whatever, there's always gut and thyroid stuff like going on at the same time. And so with the thyroid thing, like there's so much to unpack, like you talk about that all day, but I, I think a lot of it, there's two pieces I see because I, I really strongly believe that there's always a spiritual or emotional root cause to what's going on physically in the body. I think that it starts at an energetic spiritual level and then it shows up physically however long later. And so with the thyroid thing, I see it as a couple reasons. I see a, it could be the thyroid itself. Your thyroid is associated with your throat chakra, right? So it's like, it's our, our voice, how we express ourselves out. We speaking our truth, all that kind of thing. And so I do think there's an aspect of that. And I've had a lot of clients who maybe they don't necessarily have like a, a full on diagnosis of hypothyroidism, whatever, but they, but doing their labs, I'm seeing like, Oh, you do have a lot of thyroid issues. And then I'm thinking of one client in specific, specifically, um, her metabolism was a huge thing and your thyroid is responsible for your metabolism. Right. And we start to deep dive into things and kind of find out she's like trying to heal from this narcissistic relationship. And I was never able to, to speak my truth and be myself. And like, you know, all these things start coming out. Well, like no wonder, right? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. The other piece of the thyroid that I think happens so much, your thyroid is strongly connected to your adrenal glands. They, they, they talk to each other. So typically when there's dysfunction in one, there's dysfunction in the other. And your adrenals are responsible for the stress response in your body. And our adrenals are associated with our, our root chakra. And I, th- I think the other piece of why there's so much thyroid stuff going on is that, especially in, you know, West, the Western world, we have this go, 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 achieve, achieve success. I'm going to do it. I'm going to keep going, you know, all that crap. We, that's like how we live, right? We're just chronically stressed because we don't know when to stop. And your adrenals pay the price for that. And so typically when that happens, then your thyroid is like kind of the, you know, collateral damage for that. So I think there's two sides of it, why there's so much thyroid, there are so many thyroid issues going on. And I mean, and it's crazy too, how many people come to me for, you know, something else. And then they're like, oh yeah, by the way, like, you know, my thyroid, but last time I got my blood checked or whatever, my thyroid numbers are off. Like it's, it's not like first, it's not always first on the list, but right. there's always something going on with this. So I do feel like there's, 
seeing the thyroid thing so often and then knowing that the gut stuff, it's, it's, it's all related. Right. So I, I think yeah. that was kind of why I put those two kind of at the top of the list. Well, listening to you say it, there's a couple of things that are coming to mind. One, what you said, it reminds me of, like, I see myself, um, the client that you said, that's like, oh, I can't do it. So I'll just F it. Uh-huh. I'm not way with minerals. Yeah, and the reason is because I have thalassemia, which means my red blood cells are just really small. Mm-hmm. So I don't process a lot of different minerals and vitamins the same way. Yep. So it's like my body acts like I'm anemic mm-hmm. and my, like my limbs are always cold, but I can't take iron supplements because my cells can't process it the way ugh, all the things. Right. <laughs> and then <laughs> when, and it's just like this thing of like, oh, well, you know, if you take these kind of vitamins, you're just going to feel like there's no solution you know what I mean so it's like part of me I'm like oh god I just feel like I need something but then I'm like oh but how can I take anything because no one can say like you know what I mean yeah it just goes like I f it yeah which is horrible but (laughs) you know it's like what else what do you do yeah but um but with that I also was thinking of when you were just speaking right now how you really do bring in this full picture of overall wellness because like just even what you shared so far, we talked about the energetics and the uniqueness of that within ourselves. Then you also are looking at the body and doing these labs and seeing what's going on with us on a very physical level. And I love that you're making the correlation of like looking at how the energy is in relationship to these physical um, imprints. But then to top it all off, you're also really big with actual physical movement Mm -hmm. and exercise. And I think a lot of times when we get, people tend to just fall into categories. Like some people love the physical activity. Mm -hmm. And then there's some people like we get all wrapped up in the spirituality and the energetic and we're like, take a walk. What do you mean? Right? (laughs) Like, no. (laughs) So (laughs) true. Meditate. But but you really bring in all of these aspects. So for anyone listening who may not even consider it, the importance of not just moving energy in a not through exercise. Right, right. Could you talk a little bit about the importance and why the yeah. physical movement is yeah. so important in your work? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, so there's a few, a few things for that that are coming up. First and foremost, um, movement creates endorphins and endorphins makes us feel good, right? So that's first and foremost, like we're boosting those really good, happy neurotransmitters that helps with brain health and all of those things. And there's, you know, there's a lot of other physical benefits, right? It helps with um, healthy bones and muscles. And especially as we age, um, I think it's, it's like every decade after the age of 30, you, you lose like 8% uh, up to 8%, five to 8% muscle mass. I think it is, which is a little depressing when you think about it, but if we can stay active and we can do, you know, strength training, then we can hold on to that and it helps with our metabolism and everything as we age. So there's all these physical benefits, but it, it does go deeper than that too, because um, thinking like specifically about the lymphatic system, like our lymphatic system is what is like our, our body's drainage system. It helps filter out toxins and all of that. Our lymphatic system, unlike our heart that has a pump that's constantly pumping things in and out of our heart, our lymphatic system doesn't have a pump. Our lymphatic system, our lymph only moves when we move. And so we need exercise to keep things moving, literally keeping your like detox drainage system, like moving and filtering through things. And so just that alone, I think is a good enough reason to, you know, move your body. And it doesn't have to be like, you don't have to be hardcore about it. 
And you yeah. don't have to be dogmatic about it. I think that's the other thing. People think kind of like we were just saying, like your example and my client, like it has to be one or the other. They right. have to go balls to the wall. I'm not going to do it all. <laughs> like, no, you don't have to. Like, yeah. you don't have to do it that way. And you don't have to be, you don't have to do this specific thing all the time. Like just moving, like doing what makes your body feel good, whether that's yoga or walking or running or by, like whatever it is doing it in a way that is it's fueling your body, your physical body, but it's also fueling your soul. And that's the other piece I, I, I like for my clients to understand. Like I've always loved to move. I, my background is in dance. I danced for 20 something years of my life. And so I love to move like for me that, that in dancing, I have danced cardio at my studio. Like I like all of that, but that's, that's me. That's like, it, it's, I don't know. It's in my genes, I guess. Not everybody loves that. So you find what fuels your soul, whatever that is, that, that requires your body to physically move and then do that for your bones and your muscles and your lymphatic system and your heart and all the organs, keeping things. But it's also for, I was just reading, and I wish I, I could remember the study that my, my husband sent me a link the other day. Um, because again, I like to go down the rabbit hole. So he sent me things <laughs> like, stop sending me stuff. I'm just going to go down the rabbit hole here. But it was, it was about um, like studies on exercise and like brain health and like literally how you're st- like keeping all of these different neurological issues away when you're doing physical activity. So it's good for your brain. It's good for your brain health. It's good for longevity. There's a lot of reasons to move your body and like physically go do something to move your body. Yeah. Well, there's two things. <clears throat> that come up around that one my introduction to yoga was many many moons ago I like 20 years ago how old am I yeah something like that <laughs> anyway <laughs> um yeah but I at the time I was in like this really like coming out of a very stressful relationship blah 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 and I don't know how or why but I ended up doing yoga and it was my first time doing it but I did it literally every day Monday through Friday after work on weekends, I did it in the morning, like didn't skip a day yoga. Mm -hmm. Just, I was in love and I had never felt better in my life. Mm -hmm. And then I got out of the relationship, went on, had fun, stopped yoga. Okay, fine. Then fast forward to, I get into energy work, all this stuff. And I decide like, I'm going to go to yoga teacher training. (laughs) And I did that. And we had to do yoga every day and you know, all the things. And again, felt amazing Mm -hmm. but then again I was like yeah okay I'm done um (laughs) and I Jen I really haven't done yoga since yoga teacher training which is funny but the other thing is how earlier when you're saying with generators like we may just do what we enjoy and then we may stop and then you know we're like "Ah, I'm over it so true but I wanted to highlight it because I think it goes hand in hand with what you're saying move in a way that you enjoy. Mm -hmm. So like I went through cycles where yoga was it. And then I went through cycles where it was belly dancing. Mm -hmm. Then I went through Yeah, but my my choice of movement is never gym. Yeah, just because I get bored. I don't even yeah. know. I, I've tried. Fun for I you. can't. Yeah. No. Yeah. And that was yeah. my thalassemia. I'm like, Ugh, I'm gonna yeah. throw up. <laughs> um, but I love just trying random things. Yeah, I think that's a good um, thing to remind people it doesn't always have to look traditional yep but just exploring what you may enjoy what may be fun and you know just to let anyone know listening I mean belly dancing looks easy but you talk about a really yes it is it is I've only done it once we had somebody come to my studio one time that did like a workshop and she was going to start a class and she ended up moving it I was like this was 
This is hard. Yeah, it's very hard with the yeah. muscle isolation. Yes. Oh, they look so graceful and beautiful. Uh-huh. I did it for years and it was That's awesome. It was hard, but yeah. um, also loved it. But want to um, share with people your studio because you did mention that. So could you let us know if people are in, I know you're in Texas, but mm-hmm. if they're there, yeah. what can we find at your studio? What do you yeah. offer there? So I offer pretty much anything (laughs) me as the manifesting generator I am I wanted to but put like I wanted to I wanted to make a place where like whatever you want we got it like all the mind body things we got it and so my background is dance and so Pilates is where I started but we have Pilates yoga bar dance cardio trampoline we have hit classes we have um Pilates equipment we do meditation so like we literally do anything and everything. I wish you were here. Uh, well, so I, was, in San Diego. I, I would love to, I would love to. So I, I'd have, um, COVID really put a wrench in things, obviously, but I, I franchised just a bit before COVID. So I have one franchise location, but that's kind of my goal moving forward with this year is, is building the franchise again. Wow. And I started it and then, you know, kind of got a little, little dip in the plans there. But, um, but yeah, so that that's kind of what we're working on now is kind of building the franchise. And so right now the, both the locations are in, in Texas, but, um, yeah, that's the goal. So if that appeals to you, let me know, but, and then I'm also working on two kind of integrating my, my functional practice, which is online with my brick and mortar and kind of integrating those two worlds together. I'm still kind of playing around with what that looks like, but my, my, the goal is to create just this overall, just like wellness studio. So where you get all of this in one place and you get the functional wellness, you get the energetic wellness, you get the spiritual, you get all of the physical, all of it in, in one place. That is amazing. So maybe coming soon, some of the offerings at the studio, like maybe even some of the dance and these types of classes, it may be possible that people can do some of that remotely. Yeah. I mean, we do have a virtual membership now, Um, but my, my vision for that is, and I'm not going to get rid of my online nutrition business just because I, I mean, I just love being, I've literally worked with people from all over the world and it's awesome. But my vision really is to also have the brick and mortar opportunity as well. So have a brick and mortar, like the functional practice with the, you know, the fitness part of it and kind of putting all of that in like a brick and mortar place as well. Yeah. I have to tell you, Hope, this is why I was really excited about the conversation because again, just even digging into your work, I was like, wow, this is really, really amazing. It's beautiful. I'm always excited by um, the ways that people allow this motivation in them to share in a way that really supports all of us and our wellness from all different angles and lenses. But you, my love, have taken on a lot. I mean, (laughs) I guess like you said, it's part of your design. (laughs) God, like you have really taken on a lot. Yeah, no, I question myself sometimes. Sometimes it does get overwhelming. (laughs) I'm like, okay, back it up. (laughs) But no, it's really amazing. And so before we go, I do want to ask you that. Um, what is it that really does motivate you and, and inspire you to keep going in this way as it ha- as it relates to our wellness? So, I mean, like, like, what is your biggest hope, like, for your clients and just for all of us? Mm-hmm. I think, you know, when I when I first started out, I think it was more of 
it was more of like a physical thing. And it wasn't so much about like getting people in shape, whatever, like that's, that's fine and all, but it was more like, like, and I, I think I don't, this might still be on my studio website, but it was like movement for the joy of movement. Like I wanted people to just love moving and it, not about burning calories or whatever, but just because I love it. And it's kind of transitioned to kind of an extension of that where it's like, I want people to also like live for the joy of living and, yeah. and not be restrained by, you know, chronic symptoms or a diagnosis or, um, you know, a traumatic event that's affected their health or childhood trauma. That's affect you know, all of these things that affect us on a physical level, like yeah. to be able to like untangle all of that and provide an avenue for healing for people. And, you know, I, I'm not healing people. I'm just, I'm just showing them the way and it's them. Like it's them. It's, I'm just providing a, a as a guide. Right. And I want people to, to feel that, to feel the feeling of like, I'm living because I, I love living and I want to live with purpose. That That's my kind of tagline for my, my podcast. Like it's like live with purpose and move with purpose is first you do, but it's like to be intentional about it and to feel like, I love my life. I love my body. And I'm doing all these things because it's fueling my soul. Like, and, that, and yes. I think that's what it all comes down to is it's just like getting all of these kind of like, um, I feel I'm like looking at like digging through cobwebs, like getting through the cobwebs and like understanding like at the depths of your soul, like your soul's true desire to live out this life on this earth. Like that, that's what I want to help people with and to help them with all of these kind of aspects of wellness to help them uncover that within themselves that is a beautiful goal I love the way just the way you articulated that I'm like man that's so sweet <laughs> no, but beautiful goal and I'm glad you mentioned as well because just so everyone knows they can go to your website hopefulandwholesome.com and the links of course to connect with hope will be down in the show description um because again obviously from what you've heard in the last hour her work is just phenomenal but you yes. do have a podcast. So you have yes. the hopeful and wholesome podcast. So we can still, no matter where we are, connect with you and your work. And yes. can you talk a little bit about what it is we would hear? Yeah. So it's health, wellness, and inspiration is kind of what I say, but I, it's kind of what we've been talking about. Like there's, you know, I, I have some experts who come talk about the physical parts of wellness, like your hormones and your thyroid and your gut and all those things. And then I have, um, you know, we talk about spiritual things and mindset and I have all kinds of experts and I do solo episodes, but it's just all, all of these different aspects of wellness just to help people on this journey that we're talking about and human design, of course. Yes, that is beautiful. Okay. And we can hear that on all the podcast yep, platforms. All, yep, so all of them. hopeful and wholesome. Go to your favorite podcast. Po well, however you're listening to this now and <laughs> just look up hopeful and wholesome and start following the show. Again, the link to your website is down in the show description. And I'm so thankful that we have this connection, my love. Like you really are such a beautiful spirit oh, and your work you. is so inspiring. Thank so thank you. you for all you're doing in the world. Oh, thank you. Thanks for this platform that you have and for the work you're doing too. Thanks for oh, having thank me. You. Thank you, babe. And for everyone else, we will see you all soon. Bye for now. Okay, beautiful alchemist. I want to thank Hope again for coming and sharing her beautiful work with us. Very inspiring story. I learned so much in this conversation and I hope you did as well. Again, if you want to learn more about Hope and her work, be sure to visit her website, hopefulandwholesome.com. 
The link to her website, of course, is down in the show description. Also, don't forget to access the energy of the month, the energy of May. There is a lot that is going to support you in confronting fears and transforming to come deeper into your own self-empowerment and also um, this essence of curiosity that is going to really rise up in us as we move into Gemini season. So to access the energy of the month, you can either download my app, The Energetic Alchemist, or you can also sign up for my newsletter at theenergeticalchemist.com and you will get access to 22 Days of Transformation and Creating with the Stars. Also, don't forget, if you want to join me for a live discussion, share with me about your path. Tell me what's come up for you in these episodes. Anything you want to ask me, you can join me for a live conversation every Tuesday for the Reiki Radio Roundtable. And the link for that is also available on the app. Last thing I want to make sure that you know, because this is going to be a one-time only thing, um, there is information in this month's newsletter. Again, sign up for the newsletter on my website, as well as you'll see the links beneath the energy of the month videos. I, um, because of this season and all that is coming up in this season, I am offering 50% off of the intuitive Reiki class. And that is only going to run from May 1st into Mother's Day. I also am offering just 15% off of the Oracle deck because I've been asked if I was going to ever have a sale on it. And quite honestly, it was an independent project, no publisher. And so this was all out of pocket and very expensive. And while I'm deeply grateful, I'm so thankful for everyone who has purchased the deck. I love hearing your connection to the cards, how accurate the messages are, what you're learning through the different teachings of the cards. I can't tell you what a joy it has been to get all of this feedback. And I'm also thankful that the cards are now making it out internationally, knowing that they are out in the world. Um, but for just this one time only, you can get 15% off of the deck. And that information, again, is in the newsletter. So be sure to sign up for the newsletter for that coupon code. Um, the sale is only until Mother's Day. So I hope that you enjoyed this conversation, beautiful alchemist. I hope you have a fantastic, incredible May. I will see you next week for the next episode. And um, we will be talking to someone about a starseed kitchen. So looking forward to that. Have a gorgeous week. Remember to always journey in love.